other side of midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Well, next year, you may know that every single state legislator in the state of New York is up for re-election. What you may not realize is that next year's election, which is this election cycle, will be the first one that they are scheduled to start the new New York State public financing campaign program. I have been very critical of the New York City matching fund system over the years. And this state system is based on the New York City system. The way the New York City system works and the state system is similar, although it does vary a little bit in terms of the amount, is that the city of New York, the taxpayers of the city of New York will match you $8 in public money for every $1 you raise privately up to a certain level. Uh, Usually it's either $175 or $200, depending on the adjustment that they make. So if I give you $100 and you've qualified for matching funds, that $100 contribution becomes $900 because the taxpayers of the city of New York are kicking in $800. This program has been an absolute debacle in the city of New York and how Albany could use this as a model for anything except something to stay away from is beyond me. But now state lawmakers are apparently considering a two-year delay in rolling out a system of publicly financed political campaigns. Discussions are evidently being held over the future of the public financing system as lawmakers and the governor are negotiating a budget proposal that has already set aside $25 million for public matching funds. I have to tell you, I'm no fan of money in politics and I'm no fan of the way the state campaign finance system works now. It's very flawed and I'm all for looking at ways to reform it. This Ain't it? I hope they go back to the drawing board. I hope, look, we're going to know about this in a month when the budget is due. I hope they push for a delay and then use this two-year delay to come up with a better system because the New York City program, which would apply to the New York State program as well, is too costly, too bureaucratic. It does nothing to make elections more competitive. It does nothing to give individuals more of a voice in campaigns. It sounds great on paper. In practice, it's a total disaster. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. Oh, what a difference two years makes. Just a couple of years ago, there was such pressure from public authorities and all these mandates to wear a mask everywhere you went. Wear a mask, wear a mask. I tried to get my hair cut, cut without a mask. I was one of only two people in the barbershop and a guy shouts to me from across the room, Hey, what do you think you're special? Put your mask on. I'm walking outside, and a guy shouts to me, Hey, put your mask on. You know how many people have died? Yes, me walking around outside with a mask would have kept those people from dying. Well, now, the New York City Police Department is urging businesses to make people take their masks off before being allowed into businesses. That's right. That is the word from NYPD Chief of Department. 
Department Jeffrey Madry, who says uh, that it's posing a security risk because a lot of thieves and a lot of criminals are using the COVID masks as a means of hiding their identity. So he is saying that customers should be required to show their faces before being allowed into businesses. And then if businesses want, they can allow people to put masks back on after they've shown their face. I'm glad he's saying this. And I have been saying for years that I guarantee you all this masking and the concealing of people's identity is leading to an uptick in crime. And I'm glad that uh, Chief Madry is saying the same thing. Before the COVID pandemic, most businesses wouldn't allow people inside with covered faces. And since then, it's become a way of life. As Madry said, we need our businesses to be proactive and do their due diligence. We need to make sure people are identifying themselves. Amen. You walk into a private business, take your mask off. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. If you have not done so already, I sincerely hope you will join the 77 WABC VIP club by going to wabcradio.com slash VIP. And there's all sorts of great benefits to being part of the VIP club. You get invitations to personalized events and you get invitations to the studio. There's all sorts of fun things. But if you enter now, you'll be entered into a drawing for this week's VIP club prize. A really neat overnight radio poster that we had custom made, signed by Rita Cosby, Dominic Carter, John Katsimatidis, our owner, and me, yours truly. So if you want to win, uh, join the VIP club by downloading the app or by going to wabcradio.com slash VIP. Go ahead and join right now. Each week, they're raffling off a separate prize. You know, I was a little bummed because each week when they promote this on social media, I get an email from our program director and he says something like, hey, can you retweet this? We're asking all the on-air talent to retweet this from their personal account. And I always do. And they, I got the same email this week. And all of a sudden, I notice that Dominic, John, Katsimatidis and me are the only people to retweet this. So I don't know why it's less of a priority to get talent to retweet when it's a prize having to do with me, but apparently it is. Hey, speaking of John Katsimatidis, if you missed the opportunity to go to his book signing yesterday, which I did, he's going to be on Staten Island uh, this Saturday. I'm going to be there. He's going to be there from 10 a.m. to noon at the Ferry Hawks Stadium, which is right near the ferry in St. George, right on the North Shore of Staten Island. And as I understand it, New York Yankees legend and the manager of the Staten Island Ferry Hawks, Homer Bush, will be there as well. So I'm going to go down, I'm going to watch Smirconish, wait for Carmine to wake up from his nap, and then head on over to this book signing with John Katsimatidis, get a baseball signed by Homer Bush, and then I'm going to head down to Our Lady Help of Christians Church for the blood drive that I'm participating in. And I hope to see many of you at both events. So that's 10 a.m. to noon. I'll probably get there around 1030 or so at the ballpark in St. George. And then straight from there, when that event ends, I'll head down to Our Lady Help of Christians Church in Tottenville for the blood drive. Hopefully I'll see you at both. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Well, the cause of blending church and state has a new champion. Who is it? 
Is it Pat Robertson? Is it Gary Bauer? Is it Franklin Graham? No. Of all people, the person making a very articulate case for more prayer in schools yesterday was none other than New York City Mayor Eric Adams. At an interfaith breakfast yesterday, Mayor Eric Adams seemed to regret the landmark Supreme Court ruling that banned school-sponsored prayer in 1962. This is what he said. If we are bringing our best fight in the ring, we would not have homeless in this city. We would not have a crisis of domestic violence. We would not have children because when we took prayers out of schools, guns came into schools. So the reflection point of today, when we do an analysis of these and you coming together is to state Are we leaving our best fight in the gym? Adams was discussing the role that people who attend synagogues, churches, Sikh temples, and mosques could play in reducing societal ills from homelessness to domestic violence. He said, don't tell me about no separation of church and state. State is the body, church is the heart. You take the heart out of the body, the body dies. Adams made the remarks immediately following his chief advisor, Ingrid Lewis Martin, who happens to be a Christian chaplain. The New York Civil Liberties Union blasted the speeches, saying, quote, we are a nation and a city of many faiths and no faith. In order for our government to truly represent us, it must not favor any belief over another, including non-belief. Later in his remarks, and I thought this was a lot of fun, Adams deployed a yellow kitchen sponge and told the audience to embrace their faith and squeeze out negativity. I have to tell you, I think uh, the mayor's comments are right on the money. I think people would be better off if they spent a little bit more time going to church. And I don't think he was saying anything against atheists or non-belief in Christianity. So I think Donna Lieberman, who I often agree with on civil liberties issues, is a little off base on this one. Beam me up! To be continued.